I'm not going to call this an emergency episode of Wizards After Dark because we don't really have an emergency. I think it would warrant emergency podcast territory if the Wizards jumped into the top four. This, unfortunately, for Wizards fans, is not an emergency podcast by that definition. The Wizards, uh, we are recording this the evening of the NBA lottery after it's done. It's about 1030 right now, and the Wizards just got the ninth pick in the NBA draft. Whenever the heck the NBA draft is going to end up being, it's scheduled for October 16th right now. We'll see if it actually goes on October 16th. Whenever the draft happens, the Wizards are going to pick ninth. They had a 20% chance to get into the top four. They didn't end up doing it. They stayed steady. I'm going to call it an emergency podcast. I'm 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 operating as if it's an emergency podcast. If they got the number one pick, we'd still be podcasting right now. And Tommy Shepard, during his 10-minute uh, press conference after the lottery, actually said that Rui Hachimura, who was on the virtual, air quotes, dais for the Wizards, was a great good luck charm. So if this is great luck, then uh, I guess we're emergency podcasting. And uh, I've got my emergency buddy on the Skype line right now. For the emergency podcast, Ben Standig. Hold on, you know, you know what the good news is for you, Fred? What's that? The good news is you don't have you don't have to go you don't have to like search the the history books to remember the last time the Wizards had the ninth pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. If I, I I have I have exclusively as a Wizards beat writer covered number nine picks. Yeah, no, that's pretty. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, what a what a world! The uh, the Wizards uh, did not get lottery lucky that they have in the past, but um, not this time, not last year. And um, you know what are you gonna do? Great, you got we we got we got things to think about. Yeah, I mean, I wrote this morning. The Wizards were were in kind of a different position than anybody else who was hoping to move up in the lottery, because like. They are they are not rebuilding. This year was it was a one off of a development year. They want to compete next year. And they could use. They don't have a lot of roster flexibility. If they really want to compete, they really want to be good. I don't really care what your definition of compete is. If your definition of compete is just something reasonable, if it's when forty five games and get a seven seed, that's your definition of compete. You want to do that? They have holes in the roster. They have to fix. Good way to. Hole in the, to fix a hole in the roster is get really lucky in the draft. Just win the lottery when you're not supposed to. Just be like 2014 Cleveland when 2014 Cleveland had the ninth best odds and ended up winning the lottery and getting the first pick. Have that. You have that. It can it can make you 2014 Cleveland has the ninth best odds. It it like legit helped them get LeBron because they got Andrew Wiggins and then trade him for Kevin Love. You, you you get you get really lucky it can change your franchise even in a bad draft, even with a bad number one pick or something like that. You can get lucky. Didn't happen. Ninth pick. We're gonna talk wizard stuff. The Timberwolves got the first pick. What do you think of the Timberwolves as a as a first pick team? I feel like when people talk about the teams that like should win or the teams that would be so funny if they won, uh Timberwolves didn't really come up. Like if there's a conspiracy for the NBA lottery. Like, what is the Timberwolves conspiracy? Uh, well, there's a new ownership situation, right? Mm. Good call. Make them more valuable. Enhance the franchise right. value. 
Right. right. By the way, like obviously, you know, the, the overall dominant story of the NBA for like the last 20 years is how the Western Conference is just so much better than the East, you know, in general. Now this draft, they just got the top two picks, Minnesota and Golden State. I mean, the Golden State, I mean, the, the real story of the lottery is that Golden State got the second pick. And assuming that, you know, with everybody coming back, uh, Curry and Clay and all that, that what happens with that pick, right? This is the this is the thing that I uh, could swing. Like all these other kids, they're all 12 years old or 19. They, whatever. They're, whatever they're going to do is going to be longer term, not this year. But Golden State does something with that second pick. I mean, maybe even draft somebody, but whatever it is. That that could be a massive factor into whatever happens next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Go- Golden State is is the other team. Obviously, that's that's not in a rebuild and wants to compete next year. That's the other lottery team. And like the Suns are going to go into next year thinking they can make the playoffs after what happened in the bubble. But they're still they're in the normal stages of a rebuild. The Wizards are not. The Wizards just have this kind of conglomeration of players that they want to win with, and they want to win with right away because John Wall is 30 and Bradley Beal's 27 and has two years left on his contract. And that's the Wizards situation. The Warriors is different. Like, the Warriors had the worst record in the league. They weren't hoping to move up. It would have been a disappointment if they went down. And they have a championship core. They're, they are going to be so fascinating to see what happens with that number two pick because this just isn't a very good draft class who who was gonna who was gonna be a candidate for that pick i mean look the first if you're trading for number two who are you giving up that the warriors want there's a weird thing with Wiggins where people think that you can just attach Wiggins and people aren't going to have a problem with that. Like, that's not a contract that people have a problem with. People think it's just, oh, you can put in Wiggins and salary matches and you're perfect. No, Wiggins well, I, is not I guess a guy people level, want. Right, I guess on some level, and I haven't done this calculus yet, but the question is, like, what does Golden State actually need? Obviously, they, they'd be pretty good in the backcourt and Draymond's going to do Draymond things. But what? so what else do they need? Do they, do they need a... Uh, a, a big man. You just want another shooter. Obviously, they lose Durant. Um, they could use you know, a really what, good what? three. They could use a really good three or a really good five. But a modern day five, which are hard to find. I, I don't know if you trade the number two pick for a really good five. My guess is if they do it, especially with the way that they operate, they would do it for a really good three. Like a really good wing. That would work next to Curry. And and work next to Thompson. Some kind of really good wing. It's tough to figure out exactly what it would be. Or, you know, they could just like draft James Wiseman. Or they, draft they, Anthony they, Edwards. They could. So, so this was like I was, you know, we were discussing before we came on that like, at least for me, this was not, this was the least amount of college basketball that I had watched, you know, my, my, my day job just kept me busy. And then secondarily, you know, paying attention to, to the, to the wizards and, and, you know, some Georgetown, like I, this was not a year for college to watch a ton of college basketball broadly for me, but I was going to make up for it in the tournament. Obviously that didn't happen. So I'm, I admit to being behind on, on some of these guys and I know a bit about some of them, but whatever, but I'm looking here on the athletic, uh, Sam Vicini's, uh, he did a mock draft. Go look at that on the athletic when you subscribe, all that stuff. 
uh, of the top 20 players he has, only one is over 20 years old. That is uh, the Dayton kid, uh, Obi Toppin, who's 22. Everybody else is 20 or under. And when I so if if you're Golden State, I'm not saying that their window is next year and that's it. But at the same point, like you know, for them it is title or bust essentially. And whatever a 19 year old is, whatever you know, like is that what Golden State, you know, is that realistically what what they need to win? Probably not. But the reason why this is interesting to me is because of the local team. Because this is why the, this is why the Wizard situation to me is so fascinating but not necessarily the good kind of fascinating because with wall and beal i mean they're definitely not old men but at the same point you know it's a we've been there we've been through this rebuild with them they you have these pieces especially with Beal's situation where you know he could opt out or not opt out but you know he could you know beg you know say hey get me out of here at some point you feel like you need to do something more so what does a 19 year old do for you probably not much next year at least right but on the flip side, what would be the point of trading the ninth pick in the draft for an older veteran to go with Wall and Beal, and what's that doing for you? So it is sort of on some weird level the same question that Golden State have, but in a much, much more different way because for Golden State, it's about winning a title, and for the Wizards, it's about how much do we really want to push to make the playoffs versus how much uh, you know to take advantage of Wall and Beal versus how much do we want to just add another piece to Rui Hachimura, to Troy Brown, and so on. And, you know, kind of build from there. I mean, there's a reason why people talk about trading Beal so much and why people think that's a thing the Wizards should do. This is the reason. It's because otherwise you're you're stuck in the middle. You also want your core, like you want your guys to be on the same timeline. Beal and Wall, they're on the same timeline. One's 27, one's 30. They ended up effectively, potentially, being on different timelines because John Wall got hurt. But... But those guys are drafted. They're on the same timeline. The Beal, the Wall, the Porter core. Those guys were all on the same timeline. Hachimura, Brown, Bryant, those guys are all on the same timelines. But those are two different timelines. Whoever they pick at number nine, same same kind of thing. Uh, so, so that's kind of why you talk about it. You can get your ninth pick. You can trade Beal. You can get a ton of young guys, a ton of picks, whatever you want. And then you go through with, your, with a young core that you might be able to have something with because they have some solid young players right now and might be able to get some more. That's not what they're going to do. They don't want to do that. Right. right. But that's the thing, though. Even if they were willing to do that. And I, but and you're I right. Like it's, I'm repeating my- it's a good point, though, by you. Like, that's a that's a good point where – Number nine, rookies are almost never good right off the bat to begin with, even ones who become all-stars. And all these guys are young. It's going to be hard for somebody to come in and be like a rotation player right away. Like, look at how different Troy Brown was in the bubble compared to what he was when he first came in the league. You know? Guys guys yeah, yeah. progress. Rookies aren't usually good. Um, Otto Porter was the third pick of the draft. He was not good as a rookie. I mean, Beal was solid, but obviously not even in the ballpark of what, you know, there were, I mean, I was arguing with people who were questioning if Beal would be, would be good, which is up, which is obviously I thought ridiculous in the moment, but regardless, it wasn't like he came out and just was like, Oh, clearly that guy is amazing to some people. Um, so yeah, well, by the way, like this is the thing. I, I think we talked about this in the last podcast to some degree. My, my concern with this team right now, and that a lot of it stems from John Wall's situation because we don't know where he's going to be health, but we do know his contract exists. And that's like you mentioned, you don't want to be in the middle. 
even if you traded Beal, and let's just say you got the package, that, you know, that everybody wants, some picks and some young players, whatever, you still have it's still not a rebuild because you have John Wall. He is still here on the books and he'll be here for a couple more years. And he's not the type of player where he's a ball dominant player. So it's going to be revolving around him even with those kids. So that's what makes to me the situation so weird. If it was just a matter of you have Bradley Beal, you trade him, and now all of a sudden, you know, you are were the I don't know, pick your team. The Hawks were a couple of years ago when when they started getting Trey Young and Kevin Herter and kind of going from there or Phoenix or something. But they're not. They still have this other thing. And that's to me what makes it such a such a challenge. And that's why, like you said, I, I would imagine having you know if we're sitting here on a Thursday night. I don't know what, what they're what they're planning is, but I would imagine their plan would be to not trade Wall and Beal, that they want to go forward and and make the playoffs and you know, Ted'll stand up there and talk all the things he says about we like where we're going and all that but okay but now you're adding uh now you're adding a 19 year old who probably isn't going to help you much this year and Beal's clock is ticking yada 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 so it's really uh it's like I said it's a fascinating situation but not a good fascinating at least not for me does anybody does anybody stand out to you at nine I have I have two guys who I'm like oh they're they're very interesting for the Wizards at nine. I'm not. It's yeah. not even. By the way, it's not even my like professional suggestion. I I should point out for full transparency that neither of us is a draft guy, neither of us is a college basketball guy. When I grew up, a bigger college basketball fan than I did NBA fan. But when I watch basketball now, I just feel like if I'm watching college, I'm not doing my job. Like I should be watching the NBA and learning more about the NBA. You know, so. So I just feel like I'm not doing my job and I, I don't end up, I also don't enjoy college as much as I do NBA now. And so I just don't watch as much. So neither of us are massive college guys. We are, we are not, I'm not speaking about college players um, with the knowledge that, that I have of NBA ones. And I'll tell you what, there's a decent chance over the next, however many weeks as I talk about the draft on this podcast, that my opinions on players are going to fluctuate. So just get used to that, players. But uh, get used to that, listeners. But I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have good draft guests on who who even me out. Uh, does anybody stand out to you? Um. So based on what I just said in terms of the age thing, I mean the fact that uh, you know Obi Toppin, who was like for what I did pay attention to college basketball this year, he was the guy. It felt like it, he was. I mean, you know, I mean, Dayton, one of the teams that got absolutely screwed by the world <laughs> uh, because, you know, Dayton was having an all time year for them, potential final four team. And this was the guy who was leading the way. But as I'm looking at a six, nine forward center. But as I look here in Sam's description, it says yada, yada, yada. Whereas the concern with Toppin is on defense. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's not where we want to go. For, for the for for a Wizards team, I mean, I, I think people gravitate towards guys like the kid from USC whose name I'll let you pronounce, but uh, Agonkwu. you know, sort of, the, uh, yes, so sort of the you know interior shot blocking kind of a kind of a big that would make sense, and I guess I think that's actually who Sam has uh, has them taking. Like it makes because he is a defender, and and that's you know what our boss David Aldridge talks about all the time. You got to figure out how to fix his defense if you really want to have any chance to do anything you and I have talked about the fact that they don't really have much rim protection. I know Thomas Bryant, you know, showed a couple decent things down at the bubble. We'll see if that, if that carries over. Um, you know, I almost think they maybe even need a wing defender more, but I guess if wall comes back, 
and actually, you know, and, and is healthy and is in a position where he's, you know, actually going at it hard defensively. And Beal, I think, is definitely better defensively than he showed this year. That gets you better, and you know, but uh, you know, I, I think just in the short term, like that would be my thought. Uh, somebody who can help you defensively and the kids like the six nine center from USC, I think, would make sense in in that perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing with Toppin. And uh, I wrote a little a bit about this you know, piece that will certainly be up by the time this podcast comes out, just looking at a bunch of guys who could be available at nine. The thing with Toppin is like he's he's basically a four who's not a three. And the Wizards have Rui, who's a four, who, in my opinion, is not a three. And they want to re-sign Bertans, who's a four, who's not a three. So you're going to have all these guys and this ill-fitting thing. Like, I just don't see how he works with this roster. Uh, yeah, Sam, Sam Vecini right now just updated. He's our great, 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 great draft guy, uh, in my opinion. He's as good with mocks and that kind of stuff as anybody else in the business. And and he's got um, Okonkwu as, uh, as the Wizards pick at number nine. I see that. Like, that makes sense. John Wall has been clamoring for an athletic, rim-running, lob-catching big man who he can run pick-and-rolls with. He's kind of undersized in terms of his actual height, but he's got long arms, and he can jump out of the gym. The dude swats everything. He could end up being a really good rim protector. He could be a pick-and-roll guy. He's he's a little bit of a throwback. He's a little bit like 2014-y type throwback. But like number nine, you get a guy who defends well and and plays with a lot of energy and and that that makes sense. Uh, I like Devin Vassell too. I think he makes sense. He's just he's a really good shooter. He defends well on the perimeter. I could easily see that dude being a a three and D guy, and I could see him being just the kind of guy who could who could work next to Wall, work next to Beal. And to be clear, to be clear. Um, I'm not suggesting that the Wizards should draft somebody just because they work next to Wall and Beal. Because for all you know, next to Wall and Beal is not really going to, uh, you don't know how long it's going to be next to those guys. It really depends on how next year is. And, and I don't think you should be drafting based on what next year is. And they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Um, Tommy Shepard says they, they want to go best player available wherever they're at. And he says if it takes an extra year or two for a guy to develop, but they think he's the best player, then that's what they're going to do, which is the totally intuitive way to go about it. But I do see him working next to those guys. And the thing is, I I just see guys, guys who thrive off the ball. I kind of have a bias towards guys who thrive off the ball at this point in the draft because they just when you don't know what you are yet, for sure, they fit so many different scenarios they fit so many different types of teams, so many different types of lineups. You look at a 3 and D guy who can shoot, who can defend on the perimeter, who's smart guarding off the ball like Vassell, who's athletic and run the floor in transition, that kind of stuff. He's not going to create, but he also doesn't demand the ball. He can he can he can shoot a lot of threes for you. Like that guy is going to fit everywhere. You can never have too many wings. You know? Um I kind of have a bias towards those kinds of guys, I tend to find them a little bit safer. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Like, this this draft is going to end up being a crapshoot. How, how would you... 
I mean, the thing that we probably should have discussed in the beginning is like they could draft a point guard. This area is loaded with guards. Like this area is 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 loaded with guards. They could end up with like a Halliburton if if Killian Hayes falls just a little bit. They could end up with Hayes. Like they could end up drafting a guard, and they have John Wall and they have Bradley Beal. You know, like that that would be a thing. Like, what would your reaction be if they drafted a guard here? Well, I was going to say before you brought this up, I was going to say that realistically, you know, I you know, I mentioned the issue with you know with Wall's situation and and how you deal with that. You mentioned the Bertans and the Rui Hachimura thing. There is no. The Wizards have a very weird roster and an odd situation, and I would ultimately just decide. I think I would just if I'm going to keep the pick, I would pick. I, I mean, I would pick the best player available. Now, typically, I don't like when people say that. I always like to say, especially in the NFL, um, like this isn't the NFL, of course, but like you take the best player available based on what you need, because you can't just take you know you, you know the. Kansas City Chiefs are not taking if the best player is a quarterback, you're not taking one with Patrick Mahomes, right? In this case, I, I don't think it really matters. In the past, it would have been kind of silly to take a point guard at first because you know how often does that guy, if John Wall's playing 38 minutes a game back, before, you know, in the previous day, what are you drafting? You're spending a guy for a first round pick for a guy playing for 10 minutes. I mean, I think this was like one of their their beliefs as well, why they always kind of didn't address that position. Um, With greater urgency, but I think I would just go for best player available uh, and really not worry about it because they they need so many things. Yeah, I mean it's not just about need too; it's just about the unpredictability of the future. Like Bradley Beal. Oh, sorry, that's, you know that's, that's uh, sorry. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Like, yeah, it, yeah right now it sounds like I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, right? uh, Beal could Beal could get out. Wall could be amazing. Uh, the, the Hachimura could ha- take a leap. He and Bertans could not work out. I don't even have a, I don't know. I don't know. So just don't worry about it to a degree. The only thing I probably wouldn't do, and it's probably what you just kind of said before, I wouldn't take another player who is the Hachimura Bertans thing. That is like, man, maybe that was what I said I, before with, with the Obi top and there, but like, I wouldn't take that, but, but like, other, like, you know, more of a three or more of a five, but okay, whatever. It's, it is whatever. I would take whatever, whoever I thought was the best player. I would just take that guy. Cause no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, what you don't want to do, what you really don't want to do is pass on somebody you think is better because you like the fit of somebody else. Then your roster gets blown up for whatever the reason. And then the guy you thought was better actually ended up better. Because that's like like DJ Khaled meme. You just played yourself, right? Like that's 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 where you run into actual trouble. That's that's where you wind up overthinking things and hurting your team. Because the you just don't know. Like anybody who says I have very intentionally, both publicly and privately, anybody asks me, "What do you think John Wall's going to be like when he comes back?" I'm like, I have no idea. Nobody knows. Anyone who says that they know is is just kind of saying stuff. Nobody knows. I don't care if you're watching his workouts. You just, you don't know. You don't know what he's going to be like. And I certainly don't know because I'm not watching his workouts. I'm home in a basement all day. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what John Wall is going to be. So 
if John Wall comes back and he kills it and he's great and he's as good as ever, Bradley Beal takes another leap. Rui looks great. He improves the way the organization thinks he will. Troy Brown continues on the on the curve that he's on. They make a great pick at number nine. You got something going. Then you got something going. John Wall comes back. He's not good. Beal feels like he has to carry them. They're losing a lot. Who knows what happens then? You know, Bradley Beal has done nothing but pledges allegiance to his team. Nothing but pledges allegiance to this team in every single level possible. But like the Wizards know how they know the reality of the NBA. They know how this works. They know that you can't just say, okay, this guy has pledges allegiance to us over and over and over again. Let's lose all the time. And and if your roster ends up having to get blown up, even if you don't expect it, like you don't want to be like, well, we wasted this number nine pick last year or a year ago or whatever it was. You don't want to do that. So so yeah, you pick you pick the really good player. I wouldn't have a problem with them taking a point guard. I just think it would be fascinating. I mean, if you end up with like someone like Halliburton, it's not as crazy because he can play off the ball. He's a really good shooter. Like he's a versatile guy. I he's smart and I could see him figuring out how to cut and that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I get that. Like that, that's not the same thing as taking like Cole Anthony, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess to the point, if you did take a point guard, it's got to have to be somebody that can shoot because, you know, at this point in John Wall's career, I'm not going to assume that he's going to develop into turn into a 38% three point shooter. And he's never been much of an off the ball guy. So you know, to some degree, the, the, while we, I agree with you about the, the fit, it can't be like necessarily the, the main reason. You have to at least on some level, I guess, envision, okay, wait, if we actually draft this person and nothing changes and this is our thing for the fears, how do we get this guy um, on, on the court? But by the way, for anybody who's out there going, well, what about Ish Smith? If I, don't worry about that. I mean, Ish Smith is totally quality point, backup point guard. Somebody will want him. You can trade him if, if it comes to that. That's not a problem. Yeah. That's true. And you don't even need to do that. The NBA is all about playmakers. It's all about guys who can handle and do stuff. Like, you can figure it out. A lot of this stuff, you can figure it out. I'm, I'm a believer just like, when you're just trying to get better, get get the pieces, get the fit when you're you're a little bit away. You know? The Wizards aren't a little bit away. Just get better. But that's all we want. That's what you want to do right now. You want to get better. By the way, um, I know um, I didn't hear Tommy Shepard tonight, but the other day um, he mentioned that there are 15 players that they like, and obviously they're the ninth pick, so that should be a pretty good situation. I don't, I, I don't know how deep this draft goes. You know, we'll probably hear in the next few weeks. Oh boy, there's such a you know, there's not much of a difference between the 15th pick and the 50th pick. You know, we hear stuff like that some years. I don't have a clue if that's the case this year. But I'm bringing this up because the Wizards also have the 37th pick in the draft, which is you know not a but not a bad spot. You know it's just just out you know it's just a few picks outside of of the first round. So in theory, you know uh, they should be in a position to get a good a good pick. And didn't you tell, tell me that that he Tommy talked about uh, at least give some indication about their second round thinking. I don't know what their second round thinking is going to be. I mean, I they've got the thirty seventh pick. Tommy Shepard indicated today that he might, they might, they might buy a pick in the second yeah, round to add. Yeah, yeah. I mean that they might buy one, but I don't. 
I don't know how they're going to use that stuff. Um, I'm uh, still figuring that one out. But I 37 is a good pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking here at Sam's uh, mock draft again. I, don't know. I actually know some of the names of the guys in here uh, in, in, that, that are in the picks even after the, 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 the Wizards pick, which isn't to say because I recognize the names, it means they're uh, – they're you know great it's just to say that there are players in here who got some attention for sure on the college level um so yeah i mean you know so it's potentially that the wizards are gonna or, or you know could get you know two players who could be um on the roster i mean obviously yes of course the second round pick but i mean you know the nba draft once you get outside the first handful of picks of the second round it's you know it starts becoming just total dart throws uh, you know, at, at, at guys who either can do something specific you need or you're hoping or the stash guys. But, you know, 37 is somebody who should be who should be considered to be a borderline first round pick almost and draftable. So, um, you know, it, it relatively high. So that, that's why that that aspect is interesting uh, for sure. Yeah. And, and buying picks by pick buying this year could be interesting because a lot of teams are doing poorly economically, obviously. So, so buying picks this year could be a particularly interesting exercise. I, I asked Tommy if they were interested in buying a pick, and I, I, I didn't know what the answer was going to be when he told me. And he, he, he responded that he, he said that they would definitely look to add, add another second rounder. They, they pseudo bought one last year. It wasn't technically buying a second round pick. They they took on Jonathan Simmons's one million guaranteed dollars in order to get a second rounder, which they took Admiral Schofield with, and and that was that was basically buying a second round pick, right? Um, they didn't have one though, and we weren't in the middle of an economic crisis. So now that they have one, and we are in the middle of an economic crisis. I, I didn't know what the answer was going to be, especially after, you know, they just, they just furloughed 232 employees earlier this week. So Tommy said they're interested. Um, we'll see what happens. I think that's something that's worth following. Um, there, there could be, if you're like Steve Ballmer, if I'm Steve Ballmer, I'm just, I'm using my five, my 5 million bucks. I get to buy second round picks. I'm using that all up and I'm, I'm trying to get some deals and get some extra second rounders for sure. We'll see if somebody is so desperate for money that they sell a first for 5 million or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm really curious on that front. I I feel like it's going to be a little bit more unconventional than usual in terms of buying picks this year. So if you want to be a buyer on that market, I think there are going to be opportunities. Yeah, no, I mean that's definitely the, uh, the 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 case. I mean that that that's why you know, the, the idea that the, that the Wizards would buy a second round pick seems, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, if you're asking me to bet on things happening, I would not. Prior to him saying that, I would not have bet any money that that would be happening based on the fact of kind of you know where it feels like they might be um, as a team, uh, as a franchise, you know, potentially taking a hit here with the, with all the. Uh, Revenue shortfalls uh, going on, but uh, you know, yeah, so, some teams out there will will certainly be um, some. I mean, the, you, you know, th- that's what's so fascinating about this NBA offseason coming up is it isn't just the standard deal of well, they they need a point guard, draft a point guard, or wow, for agency, you know, it makes so much sense for this guy to go to these teams or what. Like the 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 level of uncertainty is really off the charts 
because of you know the economic factors this year what's going to happen next year with the bubble type thing um there's so much happening by the way uh this is not relevant to anything we're talking about but apparently damian lillard has a dislocated finger oh i got the twitter alerts oh no i got the alerts this is a- 2020 just getting worse by the second um yeah so i don't know so look i'll I'll, at the moment i don't have any great feel for what i like with this draft come well i don't know when the draft is going to be but whenever it is i will i will have takes and i will act like i have all the answers so be prepared but uh you know um (laughs) i don't know i guess that i before i just think it's fascinating to see where where do they you know go is it another young pick or is it adding like that was the thing like with Hachimura you knew Wall wasn't going to play right there wasn't really the same type of dilemma it was a matter of all right we get this guy he's a good by you know next year move forward but this is but this is this isn't that um so uh yeah it's uh pretty interesting um are there and I'm not saying necessarily for the Wizards but but, but just as a broad thing are, what what because I have not been paying attention to this. Who were like some of the rumors out there for guys that may be on the move this year? Like, you know, somebody who's, you know, on a, whatever, the, somebody who seems like a potential trade, uh, trade situation, like off the top of my head, not again, not saying for the Wizards, but like Blake Griffin, or for example, like where are the Pistons going? Do they really need Blake Griffin? Um, you know, the, something like that. Are, are there guys out there that you can think of? I'm stalling here to let you think. Are there guys out there? Um, who, who, whether we're talking about the Wizards at nine or Golden State at two or something that that are sort of the obvious guys this year. I mean, like Kevin Kevin Love, Love like, is always if we're talking like just like big names. Ke- Kevin Love is always on the block. I think the Bulls would. I think the Bulls would listen on Zach Levine. I think they'd listen on Zach Levine. Trade. I'm not talking about the Wizards trading for Zach Levine. By the way, I'm just. Could the Wizards trade the ninth pick for Otto Porter? <laughs> oh, and, and Sadoransky. There you go. That's the move. Um, who else? Uh, I think. I mean, I think. I think with the Pacers, I think Miles Turner uh, is 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 somebody they would listen to. They were they were. They were not just taking calls on him, but making calls on him last year. So I think, I think that's somebody who could who could be a possibility. Those are the guys who come to mind immediately. I mean, I don't know the deal with the Jazz. Uh, I I know there are a lot of Jazz sensationalists out there. I don't know that deal, but I think I think those are the guys who who come to mind uh, in, in in particular. Um, I mean, the Thunder and Chris Paul again. Not wizards related, but that's probably the most obvious one that's going to be a breakup at some point. Chris Paul is not going to end that uh, contract in Oklahoma the, City. On the Miles Turner thing, I don't know how far it ever went, but I mean, there, I was told at one point that there was some wizards talk in there about about him. I think it was, uh, you know, with, with more. I think it was around like the deadline. Was, I don't know if it was Bertans related, but there was at least some Miles Turner talk I've been told, I'd heard at one point. Again, I have no idea how far it ever went, but. Um, he would be interesting for sure. But I think the end of the weird one too, right? Because Oladipo may, um, you know, maybe out. Yeah. I mean, the Turner-Sabonis pairing is just awkward. Sabonis is a five and Turner's a five. And it's just awkward. Um, 
Turner's a solid player. He's a he's a he's a good rim protector. He's mobile. He's a good defender. He can shoot the three at an okay rate. Uh, he's he's not as good of a role man as you would think he would be. Like you look at his kind of prototype, and you're like, that guy's probably a really good role man because he's athletic and he jumps high and he's big and. He just doesn't like to roll. He's never liked to roll. Like when he was in college, Rick Barnes used to get on him about how he just he would pick and pop every time and he would just pop to the mid-range every time and Rick Barnes hated it and he'd get on him all the time about it and he, I, I think he still pops too much uh, and he's not as good of a rebounder as I think he could be but but he's definitely a good player and he's a very, he's a very good defender. And he's the kind of guy the Wizards could use. He can shoot the three. He can go inside. He can play off the ball. He he can screen and and he'll back up a defense uh, and and actually be a consequential defensive player at a, at the most consequential defensive position. But those are some of the guys that I'm thinking. But I I don't know. I don't know what it would take to get him. They're just not really in a trading position right now. Anyway, anything else before we go? No, um, I look forward to uh, th- uh, what I know. Here's what I can. I can't predict what the Wizards will do at nine. I can predict this will be. This will be the worst amount of draft analysis that you have over the next two months. It cannot be worse than this. Well, yeah, I mean, we did, we ended up talking about draft players when you were like, I don't know anything about the draft. And we really should have yeah, just but- talked about the Wizards in the draft. And we should have just talked about the possibility of them getting a point guard and how that would be received. And we should have talked about all of that. And instead, we ended up talking about, like, uh, you know, like James Wiseman. I mean, he, I pay. I mean, I paid attention to him. It seems like eight thousand years ago that he came into college and and like he played four games before getting before. I don't know, we're getting kicked out or whatever. But seriously, that, that that feels like so long ago. I think you and I, what was the thing we came up with? Uh, the, the the tank for thing. What was the what was the Wiseman one? Oh, uh, demising for Wiseman. Yeah, like we we even came up with that. Like that's how. I mean, we 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 were talking about this. Um, by the way, I can't believe two Jewish guys didn't talk about the dude from Israel. That's what that's the guy I want. I thought you were going to say, I can't believe two Jewish guys uh, didn't point out that it's someone named James Wiseman is not Jewish. <laughs> uh, yes. That, well, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? 2020 is wacky. Who knows what's going on? <laughs> um, but uh, yes, uh, I look forward to this. By the way, I mean, could, could we, could we or, or did, did you pour one out for the fact that the LaMelo ball is not coming here? I'll live. I'll, right. I'll survive. I promise I'll survive. What, 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 well, I will go one second. What team do you want him to go to? Not because we care about the fit, but because of everything that's going to come with LaMelo Ball, including the father. What, what's the team? Like, what, what, Do we want Golden State to take Of course. Him? That's the most obvious. That's, that's the easiest question of all time. Of course it's Golden State. Of course. Right? I mean, could, could they do it? Like... It would be funny if it were Charlotte, <laughs> but no, I mean, if I'm, if I'm golden state and I'm keeping the pick, I mean, I would take Wiseman or Edwards. The fit makes more sense. 
Um, and and they're in a point where it's like when you have Stephen Clay, then you can worry about fit. You know, like I I the fit doesn't make any sense with that. And who the hell knows if Lamelo can shoot? I mean, Lamelo shot twenty five percent last year from three on like seven attempts a game. Who knows if Lamelo can shoot? So. I think if you draft LaMelo, you have to operate under the assumption that he's going to have the ball unless you are incredibly confident that your scouting department can figure out what the heck is going to make him into a legitimately accurate shooter and potentially off-ball player. So, no, I would I would go Wiseman or Edwards for them. Anything else, sir, before we go? No. I uh, greatly appreciate the opportunity to be the first guest immediately after uh, – the, the lottery um, thought the thought uh, ESPN that it did a pretty good show. All things considered, have I ever told you my my take that if every if all uh, media people came, were condensed to one person and one person had to be the the person who like you know is the White House reporter but also talking sports like all these things that I would pick Rachel Nichols. Have I ever told you that? I don't think so, but she's great. She does an amazing job. Yeah, I would I would pick somehow she can talk about the silliness of the NBA. And shred like a commissioner of a league. Not that she did that today, but like you know, her Roger Goodell stuff was like off the charts. So yeah, I pick her. She was very good tonight. That was my only point. She's great. She's just such a pro. She's she. I agree with you. She's as good as there is for sure. She's awesome at her job. Quick programming note before we wrap up. Uh, right now it is eleven fifteen p.m. on Thursday night. This is the last podcast for a little while. Nothing's happening. I'm just going on vacation. So I'm on vacation next week and the week after that. Normally I wouldn't go on vacation in the middle of the season, but weird time for all of us. Normally I'm on vacation around now, and uh, who the heck knows when I'm going to be able to take it. So so I'm taking off the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to be back until after Labor Day. So. I'm pretty sure you're going to have no Wizards After Darks at all over the next two weeks unless somebody comes in and guest hosts. And then I'll be back with an episode shortly after Labor Day. If you like the show, you want to support the show, you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can go on iTunes. You can give us five stars. You can leave a review if you're feeling really generous. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, you want to read. I had a bunch of pieces up this week. You want to go read any of those pieces that I had up this week. You can go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can get 40% off on an annual subscription that comes out to $36 for the full year. Again, it's theathletic.com slash wizards after dark to get you 40% off on the annual subscription. So head to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and save some money while also getting great sports content. You don't have to read anything that I write, but you can read Ben. You can read David Aldridge and you can read Michael Lee and you can read Ken Rosenthal and all these other amazing writers that we have over at The Athletic at theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. 40% off. Make it happen. I will be back. Man, I will be back in September. A little while. That's a while. But I'll talk to you guys then. Bye.